podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Welcome to this second episode in our Lenten series. Today we're looking at the gentleness of God and how he deals with us in the places where we're really wounded or really hurting, really broken. There are so many places like that inside of all of us and the Lord is so tender and so loving and so merciful with us in those places even when he needs to correct us. So today we're really looking at the gentleness of God, especially the scripture passage, a bruised reed he shall not break, a smoldering wick he will not quench. Hi, everyone. Hello, everybody. How are you, Rach? I'm good. Um, So, you know, in in podcast land, we are airing a week from the last episode like we normally do. Mm -hmm. In in IRL, in, well, I said in IRL, but it's actually just in in real life. Yeah, in 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 inception. That's the, (laughs) I'm so bad at the things, Um, the social media words and acronyms and stuff. But IRL, we are recording the day after. So we just recorded our first Lenten episode yesterday. And today, it's so it's so nice to see this. The reason I say that is it's so nice to see you guys like second day in a row and have like mm-hmm. a fun conversation about scripture. That's right, true. Can I just say uh, real quick while you were yeah. talking about the acronym stuff, it made me think of yeah. this story that I saw one time of a mom who was like texting her son. She's like, uh, Uncle Gary died, lol. And then the son was like, what do you mean, lol? Oh, and she yeah, was yeah. like, he's like, what do you think this. that stands for? Lots of love. That's what yeah. she, and he was like, mom, that stands for laugh out loud. She's like, oh my gosh, I texted that to everybody. I have oh, to go no. to like all of their relatives. Oh, anyways. I so, get that. That's so sweet. Like she has like a very, you know, soft heart and not heart, like a that's right. Lots of love. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's funny how the language language like the lingo changes for all these interesting words like now that I'm teaching college students mm-hmm. once in a while they'll say something and I'm like what is that like apparently this is mm-hmm. one of the things something mm-hmm. is really like they're like this was amazing it's like that slaps it slaps right oh. it's okay I'm, I don't know if it just slaps anyways Help so that's us, something listeners who and then like this. another here I'm just gonna give you all the things that I know which yeah, I hope will be like oh I those are super old already you know awesome. but right um this is probably like all 2021 you know but yeah. then uh like if you're if you're like like someone and you're just gonna try to you know send out some vibes and see if it's gonna work it's called yeah. shooting your shot okay, okay. I'm I just gonna like shoot I, my I shot that one I think I knew that but one. then they'll they'll sometimes use it for like asking me for extensions late you know they'll be like mm, right, I know yeah. you said you know just gonna try to get shot. it by this date but I just thought I would shoot my shot and see and I was like okay yeah, yeah, yeah sure yeah. okay <laughs> anyway. all right yeah I think I yeah that oh. one is that one stuck that one's to the test of time that one is a little like that one kind of dates back to my you know campus minister days which is what oh, is it? Okay. funny I've never heard yeah. that one before yeah so it's yeah. somewhere in between when you sort of were you were transitioning <laughs> right. out and I was still in campus ministry mm-hmm. and then I left campus ministry and Nicole got into professorship and it's it's lasted right. okay a number right right so that's good. interesting interesting yeah so this is a lesson in etymology for uh <laughs> that's right <laughs> present day uh popular sayings folks uh, so <laughs> we are good. old guys the three of us yeah are mentally old we may not be physically yeah. that old listen i have a cat 
I have a cat. Well, there you go. And I have actually yelled at somebody to get off the grass before. Oh, no. No, I'm just kidding. That last part is a fib. I did not actually do that yet. So that will be the test. That will be the test. I have houseplants. Does that count? I have several houseplants. Well, I think that's pretty actually hipster now. No, I was going to say. That's kind oh, of, okay. you know. I think you're going younger with the houseplants. Yeah. Oh, like shoot. A, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, yeah. It depends on what, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, so if you have uh, lessons to teach us about modern day <laughs> language. <laughs> what should we know? In. What are we what missing? We Tell us. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, it's been a minute. Last time we talked about Lent, our Lenten sacrifices, and what we're doing for Lent. But what else is going on in your lives, you guys? How's it? How's it going? How are you mm-hmm. doing? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, for me, nothing. Uh, there's nothing that's happening. <laughs> it's nothing happening. It's just the same old, same old. That's right. That's right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's so, good sometimes, no, right? No, isn't that nice? You're like chilling. Mm-hmm. Kind of smooth. Good. Or, do you, your face is like, no, it's not. i think that's because part of me likes adventure and like Mm. likes to be on on the move but i mean honestly it's good for lent because i can't even like last lent kind of but i mean it's still like covid stuff and whatever right right? so this lent where things are a little bit more back to normal and uh and there's like the freedom to move around or go places or do things or whatever like every lent that i was working in ministry i mean you it's yeah you want it to be slower and prayerful and whatever it's the exact opposite that happens i don't know if that's for for everybody or just like a ministry thing but Mm -hmm. but yeah so so it's true as much as like part of me craves adventure there's also a part of me that is grateful that i can just uh, Mm. be a little bit quiet and you know not have too much you know tumult uh yeah of things that are happening yeah it's what about you Rach? Yeah. i i am um kind of i am kind of grateful for not nothing but like yeah sort of a, a lull in major life things mm-hmm. like i got back from texas and then i and then i had to go to the states again for a really short trip for grad school stuff and mm-hmm. then and so now i'm just like okay oh, i just want to be in one place you know and just not go anywhere and just yeah. breathe for a second so that's what i'm doing now i'm just breathing nice. that's that's yeah. pretty much it okay yeah. good yeah that's, that's exciting. good it's great i like it breathing is good yeah yeah <laughs> and uh secretly nicole. i mean both of us know how nicole yeah. is but um <laughs> nicole has an it. announcement dun, dun, yeah. yes. <laughs> so this is okay so this is my this is our we this was our ploy to so i could share this news a little bit so yeah, i mean yeah. aaron and rachel uh, you guys weren't just pretending to no, have lulls true. and nothing right okay that's um Anyway, (laughs) Uh, so Nathan and I got engaged last weekend. (laughs) Um, If you're watching on YouTube here, I'm going to show you the ring here a little bit. It's hard to see, isn't it? It's too sparkly to even get a a I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we'll post like, I don't know. Yeah, we'll We'll just figure something out. You can figure something out. Anyway, it's beautiful. I can tell you what it looks like. It's though it's uh, it's a yellow gold ring, and it's got a round diamond with six prongs. So it kind of looks like a flower a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stone is actually from his grandmother's engagement ring, which is really special. Which is so beautiful, yeah, yeah. And then it's got some kind of like filigree in the gold, so a little bit of detail. So it's very, I, I like it. It's like having I keep you know I get distracted by it all the time. I'm like typing assignments at work, and then I'm like, ooh, <laughs> what's this on my? Head? But. Yeah. Anyway, no, Nathan's so pretty. It does. Yeah. But 
no, yeah. we're, we're excited. It's been, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Excited <laughs> to share with all of you listeners too. Um, there it's been, you know, it's been a journey to get to the point where, where I could take this step into, um, mm-hmm getting engaged and, and moving towards marriage. So, um, but I will share my story, you know, in a few weeks That's right. um, when it's my turn for my, uh, what is it about us episodes or how yeah, yeah, the our yeah. stories one, yeah, our that, story. Thank which you. Which is so funny. Can I just say, because we, when we were talking about like, Oh, Hey, you know, maybe we don't actually know personally everybody who listens to the podcast now. So why don't we have like some times where we can like interview each other and share a little bit more right. about our own story. So that was like the idea behind the or stories thing and then I remember when we were talking about that we're like well maybe for yours Nicole since it's like yeah maybe there will be (laughs) maybe you'll be married by then (laughs) (laughs) you almost made me spit on my tea Erin well I'm sorry (laughs) that was but you know weirder things have happened (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that's so exciting and it is that was kind of a ploy to get Nicole to share her exciting Mm -hmm. news but Really, in truth, Aaron has nothing going on, and I am just <laughs> right. So, you yes, know, we didn't deceive you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, all right. So that on riding the curtails of that joy and excitement, we're going to talk about bruised reeds <laughs> <laughs> and smoldering uh, wicks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So this week, um, the passage we picked is from Isaiah forty-two, and we want to talk about the gentleness of Jesus. And, you know, maybe a good transition, Nicole, from what you said is through your journey and for all of us in our journeys of, you know, struggle or or growth or suffering, that's what we've all experienced is like just the gentleness of God and just his, his, um, his patience with us. And in a way, how much Mm -hmm. he knows us, you know, and he knows what would break us and what wouldn't. And, um, even sometimes we think something might break us and relying on him, we are able to endure it and persevere through it. And so, yeah, so this passage really speaks of that, I think. And um, so maybe, Nicole, do you want to yeah. read read that passage from Isaiah sure. 42 for us? Yeah, so this is, as Rachel said, Isaiah 42, and it's the first three verses that we're going to read, but we're really going to focus in on the um, on the last bit of it. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. All right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so... Maybe Erin, you want to, you want to talk about a little bit about why we chose this and the gentleness of Jesus connection. Yeah. I mean, I think that part of it is like during Lent, we have this opportunity, right. For spiritual growth and for having kind of like a deeper commitment to the things that are helpful for our spiritual life, like, you know, prayer and fasting and almsgiving and all of those kind of things. Um, And sometimes Sometimes I think we, like, I know for me, for sure, I get ahead of God sometimes and I'm like, great, I'm going to do 80 million things or whatever. But the Lord is not actually asking me to do, um, to do those like harsh sacrifices. So it's, and it's not that we, it's not that there's not, um, some sacrifices or some, uh, 
some ways that we kind of deprive ourselves intentionally of good things for the purpose of ordering like our passions and desires and things like that. But, um, but part of talking about the gentleness of God is also recognizing that the way he works in our lives is not, um, like abrupt and jarring. And, you know, even when he does things that are dramatic, it still is like how God works Mm. in that is still somehow inexplicably like gentle and merciful. And even with his justice, you know, or his, um, like where he's kind of calling us to, to repent or to like where he's kind of kicking us in the butt a little bit, even the butt kicks can be like, intense but also gentle at the same time so Hmm. that's kind of the yeah like when we're talking about the gentleness of god in in this space of lent where we are really intentionally looking at some of the attachments that we have and ways to grow in our relationship with him um yeah it's a really it's a i think an important thing to keep to keep in mind yeah Mm -hmm. what about you nicole yeah when i when i read this passage i think of times in my life that was like my whole life felt like Lent. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. And even sometimes I remember as a university student, um, just feeling so overwhelmed and stressed with everything. And um, I can remember sometimes where I felt like, you know, I wasn't really praying as much because I felt like I didn't have time, even though that's a myth, you always have time to pray, mm-hmm. I discovered. Um, and, but uh, yeah, just feeling overwhelmed and just burdened and feeling like I'm not doing it. And I was very, like, yeah, I got, I was really kind of stressed in undergrad, especially my first couple of years. Um, and, and I remember just this time, one time, like sitting in the hallway in my basement, kind of outside my bedroom. And I was really tired and trying to work on an assignment. And I was just like, I don't know. I feel like I don't know anything right now. I don't know what's real. I don't like, it was just so overwhelmed and stressed and everything. Um, but just like the only thing I feel like I know is that you love me, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like my whole my whole faith life right now, or my sanity, kind of is hanging by this thread. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that um, that you know, like kind of thinking like that bruised reed as something so so fragile and um, you know, like when you think of I don't know when you think of reeds outside or if you're, like in marshy places, and when kids go and they play, usually you know if a plant gets kind of bruised, I don't often mm-hmm. it's it's not necessarily going to bounce back or you don't think it is going to. Yeah. Um, and so thinking of the tenderness of the Lord with that bruised reed, like he's not going to let it break um, or a smoldering wick, you know, when you're, you've already blown the candle out yeah. um, and the wick has a bit of smoke, but it's, it's just about to go out. So it's, it's kind of like, it's already over. Like when it, when that, when that point where you feel like, I don't know. Like it's already, there's no hope left. And the Lord is like, no, I will not even, even now I will not let, I will not let your faith die. I will not let, um, yeah, I will not let that seed, that joy or that faith that he planted in us. He will not let it go completely out. Um, he'll be there to kind of hold us through those, those periods. And so I, I just feel like I've experienced that a lot in my life of, um, the Lord carrying me when I had nothing left and felt like it was over um, or felt like I didn't have support or different things like that. So Mm -hmm. I, I really do love this one because it takes the pressure off. Like I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be the one fanning my own flame of faith uh, into Mm -hmm. perfection or something, Um, you know, in as much as we're called to, to pray and to, um, you know, uh, go to the sacraments and all those things. But just that when there's times where we, 
we're really struggling, that the Lord is the one who carries us. The Lord is the one who, who mm-hmm. will make sure that we don't lose what the faith that he's given us. So yeah, yeah that's, that's what comes to mind when I, when I read yeah. this passage, I really love this passage. Yeah. Same. I, I think that it's kind of interesting that he, that, that scripture has that imagery, exactly what you said, like almost like a desperate state of like near death, you know? It's like, yeah. Like you, like he will not break. Cause it's like, it's, it looks like this is about to break. Like this reed is like, is kind of hanging on a thread, you know, or mm-hmm. the, the smoldering wick is really, it's, it's like you said, it's over. And I think there's kind of an interesting reality in this, on this side of heaven that we do get pushed to that point often in, in suffering and times of suffering where we feel like it's just that tipping point. Like there's so little between you and just a total, yeah. Like, and w- what feels like annihilation or something, you know, like, yeah. you're like I'm just yeah. this close to being completely destroyed and like utterly crushed. And that to be the place where God sort of, and you think about how you would save a smoldering wick, you know, you come around it and you, you try to not like totally diminish the oxygen, but also you don't want too much wind. And like, it's such a tricky thing to bring a smoldering wick back to flame. Like I don't mm. think I've ever actually done it. Also, do you, sorry, this is just coming to mind. I don't know if this is going to have any, you know, theological relevance, but relevance, <laughs> but Um, when there's a wick that's smoldering and the smoke is going up, did you know that if you take a a match or flame and you put the flame into the smoke, the flame will travel down the smoke and relight the candle? What? I think I've seen a video of that. Yeah, Yeah, it's really cool. I've done it before. That's so cool. That is so cool. You've done it. I need to, I've got to do it. Yeah, it's not that hard to do. Man, there's so many images in there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah. Really yeah. Cool. It's even when you're, when you're speaking, um, I was listening to podcast, uh, the Poco Poco one, which we've talked about before. They're so good, mm-hmm. those guys. And they were talking about how, the presence of the Lord in suffering and that often it's not, it's not the Lord like coming in to fix everything and to take away, like it's, but it's his presence that right. that's there, you know? And even when you're yeah. thinking about that imagery of like the flame, like what, when you're trying to kind of save that flame, like even if we're not thinking about the match and the all of those kind mm-hmm. of things, like with your hands around it, protecting it from the wind, like there's nothing that you're really doing aside from right. just hmm. literal presence there. And there's there's mm-hmm. something about that. There's something about that too with God because because his like that his gentleness is present most in his presence not in his action because the pain that we're experiencing is not a lot of it is not something that he could just you know snap his fingers and and solve like most of actually i think the the sufferings that we experience are not things that can just be easily right you know like taken away from us um yeah yeah or it's like part of um and not in a not in a disordered way, but it can be part of our purification too, right? right some yeah. of it is like, yeah, is, is the pain of, 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 of growing in this, in, yeah. in our, in ourselves, yeah. in the spirit, in our faith, in so many ways that it's like letting go of attachments, but it's not a letting go that's like conscious, like, oh, I'm choosing to let go. It's just circumstances, right. That pull that stuff mm-hmm. out of us and it hurts and it's hard and God knows that, but it's sort of like, you know, maybe yeah. he won't take away that purification, but he will give us his presence and that, and he won't let us break and he won't let yeah. us, he yeah. won't let the pain yeah. 
you know. And his presence is active. Like, it's not like his presence is just like somebody sitting next to somebody, but because right. God is like, and this is getting, this is get definitely getting into like the whatever deeper stuff, but because he, he is being itself, you know, mm -hmm. that his presence, even when he's with us is doing something like is, um, bringing forward peace or is like giving life or giving love or it's it's like efficacious you know like mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. causing something in us it's yeah. like sitting in front of the blessed sacrament you know totally. like if you go and sit in front of the blessed sacrament regularly Something's there is happening. zero chance that nothing yeah. is mm. happening in your heart even yeah. if you don't feel like it you know because yeah. it's the lord's presence that does things it's not just totally. a passive force yeah 100%. And that is like something that energizes me so much because we've talked about this before on different episodes about like when you're in, where you're in that bruised reed state, when you're in that mm -hmm. like smoldering state where you're like, I'm just about to go out. Like the thing to do is to get yourself in front of Jesus. However, that's possible, whether you can go to adoration or just go to mass more often or go to confession or just be in the presence yeah. of God as, as often as you and can. And I will say, even if the most you can do is lie in bed and say, yeah. Lord, I don't know how to pray right now that's all I got. Like that's, that's, that's enough, you know, that's just right. like turning our heart inwardly towards him. You know, I, I'm imagining if there's people who are, um, like struggling with like really extreme depression or sickness where you can't, you can't go to the sacraments or maybe in a situation where you, where yeah, I'm thinking about people in Ukraine right now who yeah. aren't able to go to mass necessarily because it's, it's not, it's not available or it's not safe or, yeah. um, and maybe all you can do is just turn your heart towards the Lord and say, I don't, I don't know what to do. And then that's yeah. enough, you know, yeah. like yeah. the Lord yeah. be in that. Totally. Something that we expect from like, like I was thinking this week because my sister is like, she's had a hard time for the last while. And I've shared a little bit about her in one of our episodes before, but it's been a hard time for this last while. And um, and I was praying the other day and I was like, like, I had this frustration in my heart of like, why aren't you doing more? Like not towards God, but towards my sister of like, why aren't you doing more? Why aren't you trying hard? Or why aren't you like whatever? Mm -hmm. And the Lord, like in that moment for me, like kind of reached in there in a sense and was like, no, like that, the temptation to think in that way is not for me. Like that's not coming from me. Um, yeah. you know, like that's, that's coming from the evil one because because if there is a bruised reed right now, it is my sister. She, this is mm. the spot that she is in, in this very delicate and fragile place. Yeah. And so it, it was even reminding me too, that like sometimes when, and this is even coming back to Lent, you know, like sometimes the desire for goodness or for holiness or for beauty or for joy, or for all of those things, like we put way more pressure on ourselves than the Lord puts pressure on us, even in the places where we, where we have come to that we're feeling desperate or really vulnerable or really hurt or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you feel that, but I still feel in those moments that like, I'm like, okay, but I, sh I, I'm not like, doing enough. I'm not doing enough. Yeah. Or I'm, mm -hmm. or, you know, I should like, I'm failing you Lord, or I'm, you know, like whatever the case, whatever the case may be. And partly that's because we've experienced that from other people is in those moments where right. we are super vulnerable then um yeah i can think of definite times in my life where where there has been more demanded of me by other people than i am reasonably able to to kind of give and so it's that's like a big thing i think for me in discovering like the gentleness of god has mm. been that he actually knows exactly how much i 
like yeah. what what my capacity is at, at, at any given time, you know? And so I need to trust that as well. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. I think that when I also feel like the seriousness with which God takes our like small mm. little lives, you know, like the, like yes. the, the bruised read, the quench thing, like, like, like he will not quench. It's like this tiny little life that is really, truly like one in a gajillion, right? Like there's like, and that's true for every single one of us, but he mm. has such awareness and he takes it so seriously in a certain, in a certain way. And I think for me that also, cause I think sometimes I, I trust the Lord so much, but I can sort of, you know, think like, well, like, I don't want to get presumptuous or whatever with, mm. with God, but it's sort of, it's not like presumptuous in a bad way. Like there's a way in which God's like, presume, like totally presume yeah. that I have your back because I love, like, you cannot fathom the depths of my love for you. Like you really right. can't. And in fact, when you see, when you understand God's love that way, it actually mm -hmm. makes you take your life more seriously, not less seriously. It doesn't, mm -hmm. Yeah. you don't feel like, oh, well then I'm off the hook for everything and I don't care about anything. It's actually the opposite. You're like, no, I, I God loves me so deeply that I want to care more. I want to live more deeply, more holy. I want to be, I want to truly be better. So it's like the way in which he loves us, you know, like sometimes you think of someone in your life or yourself, where there's certain things you're doing that other people are maybe like in quotes, like enabling you. And it's not actually helping you, you know, mm. God is not an enabler. Like he doesn't mm. do that to us. He is a lover. Like he loves us so particularly and so gently and, but so deeply and so well that it never it never, it always calls forth from us a response of like wanting to live more and yeah. wanting yeah. to be more whole and the best versions yeah. of ourselves. And I think like he doesn't hold that bruised reed and keep it bruised. Like the thing is he's going to bring it back to life. Like that's the really yeah. incredible thing that he's proposing, mm -hmm. you know, implicitly in this passage. And it's, to me, it's very exciting because when I'm in that state of total you know, like feeling so crushed, the promise that he's giving me. And maybe the only thing I can handle in that moment is like, I'm not, you're not going to be destroyed. I will not let you be destroyed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the implicit word there is like, not only are you not going to be destroyed, but I'm going to bring you back to life. Like you are going mm -hmm. to be stronger than you were before. Mm -hmm. You will be you know, and that is like, that's the miracle that only God can do, yeah. but that's the salvation that he really is offering us, you know, so yeah. sort of like packed into this tiny little, um, promise, but yeah. it's like so deep. There's so much. So beautiful. Yeah. So much there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was so many things that you said, Rachel was standing out to me when we were talking about present, like presuming on the Lord. It's like, well, it's like little kids. They presume that their parents are going to take care of them because they have no other option. Right. You yeah. know, yeah. and aren't we the, you know, we're the Lord, the God's children. And so we have no other option. So it is okay for us to presume on the Lord to take care of us. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was, um, I was thinking about my own, um, like my prayer life in the past eight months or whatever it's been since I moved down to the U S um, because the past four years in Toronto, I've either, I was living um, at the Newman center, which is, um, you know, next to a chapel. And so I could go and like pray every day if I wanted to. And then I moved into a convent where they had the blessed sacrament. And so I could go and pray every day. And now I live in an apartment and, mm -hmm. um, and so it's taken a while for my prayer life to kind of 
figure itself out in a sense. And I, you know, for a lot of my life, I've kind of, I think prided myself and maybe not in a good way, um, Mm. on having a very disciplined and structured and consistent prayer life. And, and what I found since moving is that it's been, it's been more tough. And, and for a long time, a place that the Lord was bringing me was less relying on myself to have like this perfect structure of the prayer life, but to trust him to lead me in prayer. But as I was sort of growing in that freedom and, and not having this, um, you know, when you're like, oh, if I don't pray perfectly now, the whole, the rest of my day is going to be crap. Yeah, yeah. And, and you sort of like, it becomes almost like superstitious. And I, mm-hmm. and the Lord is like, sort of purified me of that. And, but then I'm like, there's been days where I like wake up and I sort of pray in bed and I'm kind of sleeping and then I get up and I do my day. And that's, that's my prayer. And I, and I've, and I've started to feel like, like, is that, that's not enough. Like what is, mm-hmm. and feeling like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore when it comes to prayer. And I'm, I'm like struggling. Um, but it's been, but also feeling like the Lord is like, yeah, it's okay. Just, just hang on. Like I got you. And it's like, like in a sense, like that he was, he's like, I'm in charge of your prayer life now. I'll let you know what to do. And me being like, okay, but I'm not, this is not the way I'm, I think I'm supposed to be praying, right. you know? Um, yeah. but then, mm-hmm. you know, a few weeks ago, I was really struggling with some, some starts of burnout and, um, some physical symptoms coming along with that and just really struggling. And, um, and I, there was one day where I came home from work early and I was just like, I don't even know what to do with myself right now. Like I can't, I can't do work. I can't focus. I can't do anything. And I, I just don't know what to do. And my mind was like racing. And, uh, and then the thought came, well, go to, go to mass, go to daily mass. And so I went, uh, to the, the cathedral nearby, which is my parish. And there was so much grace and consolation. And it was like, mm-hmm. the Lord's like, okay, this is what I want you to do. Like daily mass. Here's your next, the next step in your prayer life. And there's been a grace for me to get up and go to 7am daily mass every day since then, except the last couple of days, cause I was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not something that I had the motivation or I had, I had the motivation. I was going to try to do it before that was like my plan, but it just kept not happening. And all of a sudden there was the grace to do it and realizing like, actually sometimes the being a bruised reed and being this kind of like smoldering wick is actually where the Lord is. I don't know if I want to say he's wanting us to be, but that he's allowing us to be there, maybe kind of wanting us to be there so that he can be the one guiding us so that we're not prideful and thinking that we're the one doing everything, um, that we, that we know to the depths of our being that he is the one who sustains us, that he is the one who carries us. Um, and that's been like, it's, it's, it's been humbling for me and my prayer life is still kind of not the way I think it should be, but I have to keep trusting that the Lord will continue to, Mm -hmm. um, to deepen it. I'm thinking about the, you know, just like the Pharisees, the Pharisee and the tax collector kind of image, like where Jesus, Jesus, the example that he holds out for all of us is the person who abandons himself to God in his sort of whatever the true state of his being, you know, like, this is who I really am. I really need your help. Like be there for me, Lord. And the Pharisee being like, well, I'm like, I do all these things and I'm great at everything. And like, I follow you, Lord. And these are all the ways that I follow you. And the Lord being like, no, no, no. I, this, the second one, and even like right in, in, in the, in the reading, I think yesterday at mass, they were talking about, um, or I don't remember where, where, where I recently heard this in liturgy, but the idea of, you know, a sacrifice being the sacrifice mercy, like mercy is what he wants, not like, Mm -hmm 
sacrifices, you know, and, um, and this idea that God just longs to be for us, our savior, because we need him to be, but we're so unaware of that. We're so unaware how much we need a savior. And I think that's what this passage evokes to. And it's what you're saying, Nicole is like, it's more important to become aware of our need for God than for Mm -hmm. us to like, in quotes, do a bunch of things, a good, Mm -hmm. do a bunch of good things. Like to tap into that need is like the most important thing that we're kind of charged with. Well, and it doesn't mean I think sometimes it can be easy to think that it's either or, you know, like either right. we're doing the things that we should be doing right. or we're, you know, like just True. letting God do, like lead. <laughs> but it's not, the, the, it's not mutually exclusive. Like it is true that we should have a daily prayer time with the Lord, like to nurture that. It is true that, but there are also times of transition that he brings us through. Cause even when you were talking, Nicole, I was like, yes, like for me, for chronic illness stuff or whatever, like prayer ha- was was and is sometimes still so difficult. And so to like be, it's hard to trust that, yeah, in those moments where the Lord is like doing something or he's accomplishing something deeper or he's helping Mm -hmm. us to learn more dependence on him or, or like to trust that, that actually our love for him is not dependent on what we do necessarily like that it's tied to what we do because that's the reality of like the, the order that he's established in the universe, but that it's not, that it can't be performative, you know, like, yeah. and yes, it's, that's exactly, that he that's knows right. us and he knows that, like, yeah. I think that's the thing too, is that he knows us so deeply that it's like, he brings these, these times when, I mean, can you remember in your life and every time the Lord has done something been like, oh yes, I know exactly what he was doing, like, and why he did it at that time. Right. Like, yeah. Even like some of those things we get some kind of clarity in and some of those things we will not know until the end of our life or even have surety that we were really like, was I really doing what you were asking me to yeah. do in that? Like, and and that's very uncomfortable. Like I find mm-hmm. that very uncomfortable to know, to not know for sure sometimes if yeah. I'm acting in the exact manner that I should, you know, but there's, so there's like, even in that, there's like this deeper trust that the Lord is is like asking from me. I can feel it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is about, I think when you said performative, Aaron, I thought that was such Mm. a good word because I think like how we pray and how we live and how we struggle through whatever is it's more important that we, whatever, however we're led in that moment, that we are, our reference point is our relationship with Jesus. Like that's, that's the reference point. If the reference point is just like, well, how good am I doing in this practice? And that's the end. That's, mm. if you've not, you haven't gone far enough. It's like, well, you know, that's, that's a tool. It's a way of, of, of thinking about how am I relating with God, but the goal is relating with God. That is the goal. The goal isn't to, you know, and so I think like, I think about in moments of desolation, when you're supposed to keep your, you know, the Ignatian ways, like keep your, uh, your practice is going steady, like have your constants. And that is so key. But when mm. you're in moments of desolation, you're supposed to keep your constants. It's not your constants that you're trying to worship though. It's still mm. Jesus. Right. And I think that is really important. Like we, we don't want to make an idol of our practices. We want to use our practices to continue to draw closer to God, who is the one that we want to worship and love because he loves us so much, you know? And I think, yeah. I think that that's where this whole bruised reed stuff gets to, like you were saying, Nicole, because sometimes in those moments where we have nothing, we feel like we have nothing. It just draws us back to that. Like 
right. It's not about having stuff. It's not about being perfect. It's about abandoning, abandoning myself to this relationship. And everything that I do is aimed at that, is that is aimed at that abandonment. Every discipline, every work, every sort of thing is aimed at this abandoning myself to the love of God. That's the goal, you know? And I think when you're super crushed, that goal, praise God, is the thing hopefully that rises up to the surface, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can I share something with you guys? It's relevant. So this is if you're watching on, on uh, YouTube here, but um, I'm holding up, it's just like a, a piece of string tied in a whole bunch of knots. And it's got kind of a cross in the middle. Um, so it's from, it's a called a chotki. Um, and it's what Ukrainian Catholics and some other Eastern Catholics use to, um, as a prayer practice. And so I think Orthodox too, although I could be wrong. Um, this is Nathan's. Uh, he left it here, I think. Well, I mean, yes, you did because I have it, <laughs> but it's perfect. Um, and so what you do is you go around on the different beads and you just pray the prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm-hmm. Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Um, and it's, it's such a beautiful prayer. And it's, it's, this is the, um, the Eastern, very practical hands-on response to Jesus's command to pray always. And they're like, okay, cool. Then always be praying the Jesus prayer, like have it that you're constantly praying. If you're not doing something else actively that you're praying the Jesus prayer. Um, and I think it's so beautiful. And I, 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 for a while I was kind of just trying to do that, like praying it a lot. Um, and what it, you, you know, you think it sounds like this is just the prayer of the tax collector, the prayer of the tax collector. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it sort of at surface level seems like it's a very like beat yourself up prayer. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm such a sinner, blah, 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 you know? Mm. But when I've prayed it, what has actually um, come up in my heart is that it's just such a prayer of trust in the Lord's mercy, because um, why would I, why would I say this, that Lord Jesus Christ, oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner, if I didn't know that I had his mercy, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, I'm not begging him for his mercy. I am, I am stating my my claiming it yeah Yeah. like I'm I'm just putting myself in that place of knowing I have that mercy and so um yeah anyway it's just uh, I offer that as a a prayer to kind of it's a good bruised reed prayer you know yeah yeah. well this is I mean the beautiful thing about pain in some ways is that it reveals our dependency it reveals our that we have nothing on our own that everything that we are is sustained in existence because of God's Mm -hmm. merciful love for us like that's that prayer you know so so in those times of like being a bruised read like there is a gift in there even though it doesn't feel like a gift even mm-hmm. though it really doesn't feel yeah. like a gift. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Because yeah yeah it is like we're discovering there's something that's really really important like that's foundational for our salvation and for our lives and for how we love and how we receive love and all of those kind of things and it comes like specifically in those times because we can't we're not we can't rely on anything else like it's yeah. because we're so broken that the only person who can respond to that brokenness is the lord who is the restorer yeah. of brokenness yeah exactly exactly well and i think you know there's echoes of this in in saint paul which is a scripture that i i love but where he says i am pressed but not crushed persecuted Mm -hmm. but not abandoned Mm -hmm. pressed down but not destroyed yeah um and i that often comes to mind when i'm going through something tough where i'm sometimes it's in the context of me complaining like oh this thing you know but then i remember i'm like 
I am feeling pressed, but I am not crushed. I'm not right. crushed, you know, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling pressed. I'm feeling really pressed down, but I am not destroyed. And I like, I am not destroyed. <laughs> like I am yeah. like very that's vehemently right, right. remember yeah. that. Right. Yeah. That's right. It's like our dependency is not responded to with harshness. It's just, it's responded to with tenderness and gentleness. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Bruce Reed, he will not break. That's he will true. not. That's right. He will not. A smoldering wick, maybe... he will not extinguish or not. That's right. right? <laughs> like not going to happen. Not going to happen. I, yeah, I think depending on your personality or like where you are right now, I think for me, sometimes it's like, I need to have that fight response. You know, mm. this, it's so mm. funny because we're talking about the gentleness of God, but this passage actually like, it's almost like a call to arms for me in my own interior mm. battles. Where I'm like, nope, I'm not going to believe the lie, which is a lie that this will destroy me because it right. will not, because it here will not. Is my, yeah, here's my yeah. knowledge, my proof, my, my mm-hmm. promise from God that he will not let that happen. And it's yeah. kind of fighting words for me. And I really, hmm. so it depends on, but it depends on your person. Some, some people that's like, well, that's not really, you know, I don't, yeah. I'm not a fighter, I'm but a it, no, but it, c- it can be really hopeful because if you believe you're going to be crushed, then it's the temptation is, well, I just give up then. Exactly. But if, if you're not going to be, if the Lord is like, yeah, it's, it's down, things are bad now. And it may appear as if everything is lost, but it in ultimately it will not be then you can, you can keep getting up. You can keep yes. persisting in something, even though it's not quite clear how it's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And just to kind of maybe, um, this week where we, we have to wrap up soon and, and instead of a God wink this week, maybe we'll, we'll just extend this challenge. Nicole's challenge, maybe you can use the, you know, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner prayer, or even the scripture verse that we're, 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 um, talking about today, you know, Bruce Reed, he will not crush, um, and a smoldering wick, he will not quench because that's, or any scripture verse, because really scripture, I mean, when Jesus is in the desert, right in the 40 days and Satan is attacking him, he uses scripture to fight back. Mm -hmm. And I think what you both even said just now, we're talking about like scripture is powerful. You guys, like when we listen to the word of God, it is active. Like Aaron said, the presence of God is doing something to us and the word of God is alive. It's not, it's not Mm -hmm. just words on a page. So just encourage you guys this week, maybe, um, if you, yeah, even if you're not in a bad place, if you're in a great place, but just, you know, pick, pick a verse or, or the, uh, the, the mercy prayer or something, Mm -hmm. some part of scripture just to hold on to and, and, uh, let it work on you. Let it, let it, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you forget the the Jesus prayers, if you Google the Jesus yes, prayer, that's right. You're kidding, Catholic. That's what it's called. You can find the yeah, not too. the mercy yeah. prayer, the Jesus. Yeah. Prayer. <laughs> that's what it's called. There you go. It has the word mercy in it, though. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Anything to add, ladies, before we sign off? No, I think that's oh. good. I do have a God wink, though, if oh, we want to share. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Okay, go. Good. Yes. Oh, it's actually a different one. But oh, it's yes. a different one. Okay. This is so, yeah. So I've had, um, <laughs> I, anyway, I, anyway, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm hesitating now telling this story, but I'll just tell it. Uh, so I have uh, a car and uh, when I bought the vehicle, the tires hadn't been properly um uh, aligned like they were anyways right. and so they were there was uneven wear on them so I had to buy two new tires whatever um and then they asked if I wanted to get insurance on the tires you know for free fixes whatever and I didn't um didn't get that insurance 
anyways, yesterday I went down, Nathan and I were going to go out do some work at a coffee shop and do a little bit of just walking around Nashville. And I had a flat tire. My, mm. it was just gone completely yes. flat. And so, so Nathan came and we tried to fix it, but the bolts were on so incredibly tight that we couldn't get them off manually. Like Nathan was literally stepping on the wrench, like oh his whole gosh. weight was on the wrench and it wasn't yeah. budging like, to get these things off. Uh, so I called, I have AAA, which is CAA, um, yep. which is amazing. They've, this is the second time I've used it already since moving to Nashville. So anyway, mm. um, and the guy came and he like switched the spare. And then I was able to drive it to this a place. Um, that said they had an opening and I could just walk in. And so anyways, I walked in and the person came up to me and he's like, hi, my name is Jesus. I'll be helping you today. And so <laughs> that's <laughs> anyways, awesome. and which is like, so Jesus is like uh, uh, Spanish um, for, for it's Jesus. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'll bet you, has anyone ever made this joke to him of like, you know, Jesus, take the wheel. Cause this guy's working at like a tire <laughs> shop. I didn't say it. Don't worry. That's was awesome. Cool because that would be bad. Job. But anyways, and they fixed it for free. Turns out they patched tires at this place for free. Um, really? So I didn't pay a cent. Yeah. And my car is good as new. They had it done in a couple hours and Nathan and I still got to go out and that's beautiful coffee shop thing and get good work done. So anyways, who are these people grateful. who patch tires? Um, discount free. tire in Nashville on wow. Charlotte Pike. It's great. Yeah, nice. Shout out. People go get your, that's right. Yeah. Listen, there. I would drive from Ontario <laughs> to Nashville. <laughs> tire to Jesus fix your, your tire. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's cool. That is yeah, amazing. That was me. a good, I love that. Jesus literally fixed you took the he wheel. He took the wheel. He did take he the did. wheel. Yeah. There you go, the tire. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Have a so great thanks. Week, Shout out to everyone. Jesus. Yeah, that's Shout right. Jesus. Thanks, that's Jesus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> great customer service. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Well, we're yeah, looking we'll forward to next, next week. week, seeing y'all next week. And I think we're talking about we'll the see. serpent and the the serpent mm. and the cross. So the oh, story yeah, of yeah. The, the the bronze serpent on the pole. That's right. I have this like children's illustrated bible with some like real like intense and awesome illustrations oh yeah so maybe i'll like I'll yeah bring if you it could that bring one. oh yeah that'd be awesome yeah you can <laughs> that's right after. yeah that's okay. great <laughs> all right guys all right guys. Take, take care have a good week Go bye, bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.